Now, it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Your host, Teresa E. Keeves, is a professional mediator, here to educate, inform, enlighten, and inspire everyone about the great benefits in the process of professional mediation to resolve conflicts, disagreements, and disputes relating to business or personal matters. Now, here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Good day, everyone. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Put It All on the Table Through Mediation, and I welcome you to my show today. We are going to be talking about decorum. I love, I love saying that name, decorum. It sounds, it just sounds so good. We're going to be talking about decorum in the courtroom, but what about decorum in your mediation session? I don't have a guest this week, so it's going to be just you and I in this discussion today, which is good, right? Okay. I want to first say, should you have any questions or comments, please call in at 1-888-GO-FOR-IT or 1-888-463-6748. Just to let you know, I am very busy lining up show topics and guests for this year that I feel will be of interest to you, such as mediating in the areas of mental health, the elderly, divorce, children rights, bankruptcy, military personnel needs. Can peace be brought in the world of gangs? And some of my shows will have panelists of experts for these discussions. And we're also, one other thing I would like to add too, I talked a little bit on my last show is about mediating with the IRS. That is now an option. So we're definitely going to be revisiting that. Now, typically, I am kind of giving you a weather report about Arizona. However, I will tell you that we are definitely feeling the effects of global change to our weather pattern here in this state. Now, don't get me wrong. We still have beautiful weather. Uh, here comes the but. Although we are experiencing more cloudy weather and we are getting a good amount of rain which we need here in the desert. No worries as I'm grateful for all the days I wake up to. Okay, let's talk about this. My husband and I, you know, we welcome going to the theater to enjoy a great movie. Actually, we are frequent attendees of the theater. The majority of the attendance is with our beautiful grandkids because we love taking them to all of these shows that they like to see and we enjoy them as well. But we also managed to get a date night in, you know, with dinner and a movie. It doesn't happen, you know, every week like we like, but it is, you know, it's pretty frequent and just relax and be with one another. But on these date nights, get this, guys, I'm missing my grandkids. Can any of you relate to what I'm saying? Now, on this movie vein, there are a lot of good movies to go and see. It's gotten better recently because at one point, there wasn't much to go and see at the movie theater, particularly last year. I don't think it was all of that. You may disagree with me, but, you know, I know there were some good things. But all right. Just like a lot of you out there, here's a list of movies that I like to see. I haven't I haven't gone to see any of these movies yet. And I bet I bet you guys have Selma. I want to see the movie about Stephen Hawkins. I want to see. Uh, Johnny Depp and Meryl Streep in the woods, Unbroken, Night at the Museum, which I think 
um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed those series and I think that was Robin Williams last movie. I'm not very sure about that. Um, you know, so that's just a few of them. And I'm sure all of you out there have favorite movies as well. Now, some of my all time favorite movies that I, you know, can play again on, on my television, um, equipment here is my Kings of Kings, the story of Jesus, Breakfast at Tiffany's, the remake of the Thomas Crown Affair, not the old one with Steve McQueen in it, the brand new one with Renee Russo and uh, James Bond. I love all the James Bond, but particularly uh, the, the you know, the, the beginning of the James Bond, Bond series. I am a fan of The Hobbit and even Harry Potter. And I must say that another one of my favorite movies is the one Liam Neeson starred in. And by the way, he is also one of my favorite Actors, as I just loved him in Schindler's List. It was released in 1993, and nevertheless, it remains one of my most favorite movies. And I think that this movie really catapulted Liam's career. You all remember, in this movie, he played Oscar Schindler. This is a true story based on a true story. And he was a member of the Nazi party, and he was a businessman, and he was helping the Nazi party out, but he had a change of heart as he became a humanitarian and saved the lives of 1,100 Jews from certain death during the Holocaust. It's a fabulous movie. And I would say that I am not, you know, I love Liam Neeson, but I'm not all that thrilled about the Taken series, though, movies that he's been doing lately. He has one out now, I think is Taken 3. And um, I think my granddaughter, she's 15 now, and uh, she wants to she wants to go and see um, th- that movie. So maybe between her parents and I, you know, we'll you know, we'll make sure that she goes to see that. Um, so, you know, I'm just saying it's not exactly my cup of tea. It may be a very good movie, but I don't really want to see anybody being taken. OK, <clears throat> I want to talk to you about a mediation I had last week at the attorney general office here in Phoenix. As you know, the cases at the attorney general office are categorized. And what I mean about that is the charging party. Now, that's the person that's bringing the lawsuit that is being mediated through the attorney general office. And this case had this case is was was categorized as sex related. You know, you can categorize them as if it's age discrimination, race discrimination, housing, so forth and so on. You guys get it. Well, pursuant to the charging party, this was a sex-related case, and the charging party was a woman, and she was employed for a health organization here in Phoenix, and they are comprised of a team of fellowship-trained physicians that provide specialized care in the areas of surgical, non-surgical and rehabilitative musculoskeletal medicine. Isn't that a fabulous word? Like musculoskeletal, muscular skeletal oncology, physical medicine and rehabilitation, comprehensive spine care. And, you know, the list goes on. We're not going to go through all the lists. However, the organization was represented by their attorney, which E and I had met prior on some cases before at the attorney general, which I worked hard and settled the matters. Okay. 
Well, the charging party who is no longer employed at the facility was not a doctor. She she worked in the billing department as a bill collector for the organization. She came in as a temp to hire within 90 days, which basically means if you are a team player and you do all what you should do to come on board within the 90-day scope where you are temping, then you are good to go. Anyway, her story was she got let go or fired, and those are the two things she, she said. I was let go, and then I was fired. And she stated in her talk, and then she gave no reason while she's doing all of her talking as to why she was actually fired or let go. She was somewhat all over the place as she was telling her story. And I must say that it was challenging to connect the dots for her reason for filing her complaint with the attorney general. As I was asking my necessary questions, guys, throughout her story to acquire clarity and understanding so that I, as the mediator, you know, would have the documentation to assist her, I noticed that she was becoming louder and louder as she was talking. I did remind her of the boundaries that I talked about prior to getting started in the mediation process, and then she calmed down. And we know that the mediation process can be emotional for some people. I get that, but that, you know, there are certain things that should not be tolerated in mediation process. Just remember, we're talking about the word decorum. You know, I have stated to you before in my mediations, I give disputants a platform to be heard. However, that doesn't mean that I will allow the disputants to say statements like the same ones over and over and over again. And I'm sure a bunch of you out there can attest to this repetitiveness, you know, as it's a waste of time, not only for me, but for all who are involved in the mediation process. So naturally, I made her aware of what she was saying so she could correct herself and continue talking so she could make her valid points to support the reason or reasons why she felt compelled to come to the attorney general to resolve her issues. Well, this is what I got from her long, long speech during the mediation process. And it's vital to clean out all of the noise from the facts. And remember, I said she was you know, going on and on, and it was kind of here and there. Well, she finally stated that, that that there was an employee. It was a male employee, and his last name was Muhammad. And basically, there was no getting along with them from the onset of her employment. They both were hired from the same agency at the same time and sent to the same or organization in the same department to do the same functions, Okay. When I asked why she said the, you know, when I was asking her, you know, just why she felt that, you know, they were clashing. Well, she said, well, the reasons why is that they they were clashing is because he was jealous of her as she made more calls and resolved some billing issues than he. She did more of that than he and that he would holler at her in front of other employees. And she also said. She that that she also said he told her that she reminded him of his wife. And by the way, the employee Mohammed was not there at the mediation. Okay. Now, 
I asked for an example of a situation where Muhammad would holler at her. She said that she was talking to a customer and Muhammad and a few other employees were discussing the game. I guess it's a basketball game here in Phoenix. And apparently they were too loud for her as she was talking with a customer. So she continued by saying um, she looked at him and pointed to her ear to lower her voice, to lower his voice. And um, so that she could continue doing whatever she needed to do to assist the customer. Okay. Now, she said that this guy, Muhammad, had been an annoyance for her uh, from the onset. All right. And she did complain about him to the to the powers to be, let's say. And numerous times. And she said that nothing ever happened. Now, the charging party did not make her required 90 day time to become a permanent employee as she started in August of 2014. And then she was let go or fired by the temp agency who hired her in October of 2014. You see, now here we go. I asked the charging party, what is it you would like to see come out of this mediation? For us mediators out there, we want to know what do you want? For example, do you want to be monetarily compensated? Do you want an apology? Do you want your job back? What exactly is it that you want? Now, we're going to take a break and we will continue this discussion about my mediation when we return. have disagreements with your landlord regarding your home or apartment that you are renting? Or have you fallen behind in your HOA payments and you cannot reason with the HOA Association for resolution of your issues? I can assist you. I am an independent professional mediator. My name is Teresa E. Keeves. Give me a call at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at MediationTalkShow.Expert. You do not have to litigate your disagreements. They can be professionally mediated. The process of professional mediation is an effective, efficient, timely, and less costly method for resolving your disputes. Please give me a call for a 0283-7270. Now it's time to put it all on the table through mediation. Here's your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for joining uh, back with me. I want to continue talking about the um, mediation that I had at the attorney general office. And uh, when I left before break, I was asking um, the charging party, what is it that she would like to see out of the mediation? All right, because that's very important to us. She is bringing the mediation uh, to us. She has filed the claim. So it's, 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 it's not a court setting, but it's kind of like, um, you know, in a, in a civil dispute. The person that is bringing the suit, the preponderance of evidence um, of, of him making he or she making sure that they bring all of the evidence to to win their case, that's their job. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> now, going back, excuse me, now going back to the charging party, her response was to me, 
She looked at me and she said, what do you mean? I, I, I just want to see something done about this. I, something has to be done about this. So I asked her, okay, what do you want to see out of this? And what is it you want to see done about this? By the way, she repeated it several times and now her temper is starting to come out. And when she had to be reminded again about the boundaries in this mediation session that I talked about from the beginning. So now she said, I want you to know that I went to an attorney before coming here and he told me to come here first to the attorney general office. And if this doesn't work out for me here, then come back to him and he will definitely help her out. There's no doubt about it. I said, okay, great. That certainly is your right to hire an attorney after this, during this, however you want to do it. That certainly is your right. Should you not be pleased with the outcome of your case here at the attorney general? She finally said, as I continued talking uh, with her, asking questions, that she wants to be compensated with money. Whew, okay, finally, I get something. I get some getting some meat, real good meat out of what it is that she wants. She said, um, I want to be compensated. And I followed up with, do you have an amount in mind you want to put on the table? She said, yes. I want to be paid from the time I left my employer to this day. I said, great, fine. I looked uh, over there to the lawyer and I told her, I says, thank you for that. Okay, now I turned it over to the respondent so he could have his say. Remember, he was the lawyer there on behalf of the organization. The charging party was employed for, so he's representing the organization. So, he was very quick, dry, and adamant in his response by saying immediately, she has no case. She has no case. She has no case, Mrs. Keeves. Of course, this does not sit well with the charging party. So to keep the waters cooled, I call for a caucus and the charging party exited the room. Now, as I'm talking to this lawyer and we are going down the road, in our conversations, hearing his side of the story and so forth and so on. And I said to him, what about the compensation that the charging party is asking for? Because he talked about everything else except that. He somewhat smiled and said, well, Mrs. Keys, I can offer her a meeting with the vice president and Mohammed. Now, remember, Mohammed is the guy that she was having big time issues with and hold on to your seats. Don't fly off. And I will offer her $150. Now I am, you know, a professional and maintaining a poker face is important in the mediation process, but really $150. Come on guys. I looked at him and I'm like, you can't really, are you serious? I mean, $150, guys. I mean, this is not 1930 when lettuce was seven cents a head. Come on now. Oh, my God, I'm thinking. I'm like, okay, was he actually wanting to settle this case or did he want to show he could be hard-nosed and insulting at the same time? Okay, because the attorney general 
we always make sure and we state this in our documentation prior to the respondents coming that they have the authority to settle. Now, you can't tell me that his authority to settle, but maybe it's a possibility, but I'm just saying to settle for $150. I'm sure they didn't say, okay, you go out there and you settle, give her $150. So, you know, we have to tell the party whether we like it or not, what the offer is. And hopefully this will start the negotiation process. Okay. I bring the charging party back into the room. Okay. As I've, I have, I have already started my diplomatic shuffle. Needless to say, she was so upset and actually I could understand as that was really a low ball offer to say the least. Nevertheless, maintaining decorum is important in the mediation sessions, no matter what. Look, as I am remembering the charging party initially stating in the mediation session when we were all present there, saying that she's been involved with many lawsuits before and she's won every last one of them. So I'm thinking, okay, well, she knows the drill, right? Well, I'm just going to say apparently not. During our caucus session, she and I, she brought out all of her certificates. She had like three of them. And she was showing me that she went to Kaplan College and she also has a two-year degree in criminal justice. And she says she's not stupid. She's not a drug addict. And how dare he offer her that kind of money? Okay, I, I get that. But the mannerisms that the charging party displayed is what I'm talking about here as well. They were unacceptable in my mediation. I put boundaries on people because I could just scope out the lay of the land as the um, disputants or litigants are coming towards me. I'm I'm reading their body language. I have already read the case and, you know, by experience and things like that. And now I'm talking about mediations. You can you can tell if a person is is lying to you or not. Okay. So, as I said, the mannerisms of the charging party were unacceptable in my mediation. As I fully detailed the boundaries to both parties in the beginning of my mediation. Well, when I'm talking to her in caucus, there's a, a empty chair next to her in the, um, you know, where we were sitting at the table. And she slams her purse in the empty chair next to her. I immediately looked at her and said, I think not. That is the last time that that will happen in my mediation. As I let her know that that is unacceptable and there is no need for it. And she cooled down immediately. Now, I also want to remind you that the lawyer maintained decorum throughout this entire process, along with the smirk on his face. Although his offer was low and his offer was insulting to the charging party, guys, come on, let's just be real with that. I want to share with you that 
when he and I were in caucus, I did ask him, why so low? Do you want to settle this matter? I mean, do you do you not want to, you know, uh, um, do you did, did you come here to to be insulting or what what was your purpose of coming? Because we clearly made it uh, uh, we made it clear to you of what we expect in our mediations. So he says, well, he says, well, from my point of view, Mrs. Keeves, you know, she has no case. And the reason that I charged $150 is that I figured that is the cost that it would be for me to fill out the paperwork should it go to court. So that would be about two hours worth of work for me. And I'm, you know, doing it at $75 an hour. And so therefore that's $150. Really? Okay, I softly took a deep breath. And because it's important that I maintain my decorum that I put on myself, my professionalism. And I said, all righty then. Okay. Immediately, I see where this is going. And I am very cognizant of a lot of things in life. And one is time not to waste it. So now I have both the charging party and the respondent back together in the room with me. Okay. So, but still, you know, I'm, I'm an advocate. I'm a fighter. So I, I'm making this last ditch effort to see if anything is salvageable on the table. So I do my thing. I open up conversation again. So, but I want to say something to you guys. Okay, here's the kicker. Are you ready for this one? Besides all of what I said to you previously about this mediation, she, the charging party, looks at me and says, I wish you had not told me what he offered. I I wish you hadn't said nothing. She repeated that like three times as if I'm, non-coherent, uh, which my answer three times was, even if he offered you 25 cents, I am to tell you. Now, if you don't like it, you can counter this offer, as I have said to you before. But listen, guys, she was so upset, she couldn't hear anything that I was saying. So her temper, again, was starting to get hot. And so she did not want to listen to anything further. So she says, I am not going to counter. I, I'm, I'm just not going to counter. So I said, okay, fine. That's, that's, that's your right. And the lawyer looked like he was relieved from this. Okay. So I called the mediation. As there was no need to continue on with something where you know no resolution will be formed. No more wasting of time. No more throwing questions out there. No more, you know, having to talk about decorum and, 
you know, so forth and so on. You know you've done your best. And so what I did is that I called it. And what that means, I'm sure a lot of you out there know, but I'm going to say it, is that I ended it. I have that right as a mediator to do it. Now, during um, this, this, you know, case, I explain a lot of things to the um, uh, to the uh, disputants. And one of them is that I explain to them what happens to the case once um, it, it should it not settle. Then, um, you know, it, what happens is that it will go to investigation. Now, <laughs> depending on um, the severity of the case, okay, it can take six months to a year and a half once the investigation is complete. Now, in the meantime, in between time, when all of this is going on, I also inform the um, disputants that, you know, should they want to go and seek, uh, seek a lawyer, they certainly have that right. They can, they can do that. It's, it's not, it's not a problem. Okay. Now, remember the charging party said she, uh, was sent to the attorney general office by a lawyer. Well, get this guys. After everything was all said and done, she asked the coordinator of the mediations, could she refer her to a lawyer? And the answer is no. All I'm going to say is a hint to the wise is sufficient. That's all I have to say. Well, I think at this point in juncture, this is a good segue into the title of today's show, which is Decorum is Relevant in the Courtroom. What about your mediation session? And we're going to get right on that right after this break. Thank you. that bullying in the workplace and in our schools, whether it's grammar schools or high schools, is becoming more and more prevalent? This includes the rise of verbal abuse and physical abuse to our senior citizens. As a matter of fact, bullying is on the cusp of becoming a dominant occurrence in today's society. For example, CareerBuilder.com surveyed of 2012 noted that about 50% of all workplace bullying goes unreported. And NBC News reported that bullying statistics of 2013 for senior citizens is on the rise in America. And that statistics for bullying-related incidences in our schools, well, unfortunately, it is on the rise. If you find yourself being bullied in school or in the workplace and you need someone to help resolve your differences, with professionalism, fairness, impartiality, and given a platform to be heard. Give me a call. Professional mediator Teresa E. Keyes at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at mediationtalkshow.expert. You're listening to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation with Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for returning. The topic of today's show is decorum is relevant in the courtroom setting. What about your mediation session? Now, I remember, you know, looking at the old movies when you saw 
you know, the lawyers um, having court sessions and how people came to the court. They were dressed well. You know, I like looking at all these old movies. The woman had their first shawls on and hats and gloves and things like that. Well, fast forwarding to today's times, you know, um, uh, some people go to work with shorts on. Okay, the the definite it has been a definite change in the manner in how people um, dress. So a lot of that, um, you know, attributes to how individuals come to the court. However, decorum takes over and and states otherwise. For example, this is what I want to say. Decorum is one of my most favorite words, as I love the meaning of the word decorum. I just love saying it, decorum, all right, which is it means the quality or state of being decorous or exhibiting such dignified propriety, politeness, manners, and a dignified behavior in speech and dress. Now, decorum is talked about a lot in relation to the courtroom. You know, you hear something like um, the judge must maintain decorum in his or her courtroom at all times. I know that when I'm hearing cases and should someone come into my courtroom with a hat on his head and his pants down, I immediately address that. Please remove your hat and pull your pants up immediately. That's decorum. And I maintain that in my courtroom. Now, as I was doing research to see if there's anything else that um, has come up new about decorum, because things are changing all the time, and I like to stay abreast of these things, I came across a website, and the website name is cafe.uscourts.gov. Okay? Now, it has a list of court decorum, and I'm just going to name a few of them. One thing, it says, the dignity of the court is to be respected and maintained at all times. All right? Now, I'm sure you all know what that means. Got a bunch of lawyers out there and mediators. We all know, but I'm just going to say that in the court, you're not going to be over-talking the judge. It's, it's not going to happen. A lot of things can happen if you do. Um, um, uh, if a lawyer gets out of pocket, you know what can happen. If one of the litigants get out of pocket, there's also consequences for that. The next thing, attire for counsel and spectators should be restrained and appropriate to the dignity of the court of the United States. <clears throat> okay. I totally agree with that. As I said, you know, back in the, in in the day, you know, looking at all of the old films and, and things. And uh, you see that when people came to court, they were they were very dignified, even though they may have been guilty for murder or something. But they were very dignified in their mannerisms and their dress. They were impeccable in their dress, as a matter of fact. The next one is court security officers and court staff are authorized to open and inspect any item earned any item carried into a courtroom. I love that too, because particularly with today's times, you cannot, you you know, you don't, you know, 
there there's a lot of people there who are just not all walking in the light, let's just say. All right. So we need to be, um, you know, vigilant on, you know, some manner of making sure that we're safe. The next item, everyone in the courtroom, unless physically challenged, must rise when the judges enter and remain standing when the presiding judge invites everyone to be seated. Similarly, when court adjourns, everyone stands in place until the judges are no longer visible. That's 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 great. Now, I know that we're talking about mediation. OK, correlating that to mediation. I'm sure that none of us expect for people to all rise when we enter the room. However, we do expect for people to be um, uh, mannerable in their behavior. Handshake, introduce yourselves. Uh, if you don't want a handshake, maybe fist bump. If you don't want a handshake or fist bump, acknowledge yourself. Okay, I'm, I'm Mrs. Brown. I'm here for uh, Mrs. Mrs. Um, Mrs. Uh, Abel. I'm on the I'm on this side of the party or whatever. Always, always maintain that. Phones must be turned off. I mean, really, if you're not getting a message from God, turn the phone off. Come on now. All right. Uh, some people uh, will say, oh, oh, I, I forgot. Right when you're at the most important point you're going to make, somebody's phone will go off. Although you've told them from the beginning to silence their phones. OK, doorways and passageways must be clear. Absolutely. You never know when there may be a emergency and you need to exit the courtroom. Matter of fact, um, when I was hearing cases in December in one of the courtroom, I was hearing civil traffic and uh, the alarm system went off right when I was getting ready to rule by judgment. And we all had to leave the uh, courtroom and reconvene after uh, uh, it was noted everything. I love this one. This is the last point that I'm going to make about the courtroom. I know that they all can't be, I know that they all can't be applied in, in your mediation. However, the whole point of my talk is maintaining decorum. That's the most important thing. Okay. Um, you have to do that because if you don't maintain decorum in your mediation, then that right in itself can stop you from doing what it is that that you need to do okay now all of my peers know the main premise of a mediation session is to settle the disputes differences about an issue or issues that they have found themselves in and i also feel that it is the duty of the mediator to maintain the environment where the mediation session is being held with positive authority, professionalism, and decorum. Because one thing that I tell my disputants, guys, is that I am giving them a platform to be heard. They need to know that they have, that they have the capability to speak their mind, not, you know, hollering, cursing, or anything like that. But they, they have the ability to tell their side of the story. All right. Some people need to know that, that they want to be heard. And, and in um, a number of cases, as I've said in my previous programs, 
That's all some people want. They just want to be heard. Okay. Now, as I said moments ago, I know that typically decorum applies to the courtroom setting. However, things are changing quickly with how to settle disagreements outside of the courtroom and certain behavior patterns should not. And I'll say that again, should not be tolerated. And I am certain that you can relate. Okay. Talking about the recent case at the attorney general office that I was mediating, I could tell almost immediately how this case was going to go. You may ask, oh, really, Teresa, how did you know that? Well, I am sure a number of you out there can understand what I am saying because that's experience. That's knowledge. That's continued education. That's the ability to read people's body language along with a number of other things that allow experienced mediators to facilitate, to evaluate, to greatly assist those who are in need of a resolution. Okay. Remember, I said on one of my programs that a very dear friend of mine who um, is no longer with us, name was Mama Eleanor. And uh, one thing that she said that was funny, and I still find it funny, it's been years ago since she said that this, but it's like when you see crazy coming across the street. Okay. Well, in this instance, when you are having a mediation, you can't cross the street to avoid it. You see, you see it coming towards you. And you will know how to handle that, how to deal with that. Okay. Now, however, should you be involved in a case like the one I talked about on my show today, which I am sure a number of you have. And if not, look out because trust me, it's coming. All right. My suggestion is to apply decorum with everything else you're doing. Guys, apply decorum in the beginning and throughout your mediation session, and you can never go wrong because you know people come to us because they want assistance, and they're serious about it. They want their dispute dealt with, and I believe diving in with all fours in my mediation to make sure that my clients leave with a viable, amicable resolution and have learned something in the process is absolute primary for me. Okay, we're going to take a short break right now, and I will be back with you to talk more about decorum. Do you have disagreements with your landlord regarding your home or apartment that you are renting? Or have you fallen behind in your HOA payments and you cannot reason with the HOA Association for resolution of your issues? I can assist you. I am an independent professional mediator. My name is Teresa E. Keeves. Give me a call at 480-283-7270 or email me at Teresa at MediationTalkShow.Expert. You do not have to litigate your disagreements. They can be professionally mediated. The process of professional mediation is an effective, efficient, timely, and less costly method for resolving your disputes. Please give me a call for a 283 7270 
Welcome back to Put It All on the Table Through Mediation. Here again, Teresa E. Keeves. Thank you for returning. I certainly appreciate talking with, with you um, about um, mediation and all of the things that, that are involved in the mediation process. And um, once again, you know, I just want to say that, um, you know, it, I, I have seen a lot of mediators and um, I don't know if they don't know how to implement decorum into their uh, practices, into their sessions. And um, let me give you an example of that. Like I have sat in on uh, some mediations um, as I'm training and or I'm ob- observing and the mediator um, allows such bad behavior um, in their mediation session. And I'm and I'm just thinking, you know, like, wow, if she or he had of implemented the boundaries in the beginning, set the tone and keep that tone going throughout that mediation session. And of course, you know, do a few other things um, during the mediation session. They could have very well highly probable with a high with a high probability of coming to an amicable resolution for the disputants. And they would not have to leave out of there you know, with unresolved issues. Okay. So, um, you know, as I said before, it is very important to have decorum, um, in the courtroom is very important as well to have decorum in the mediation session because this is the way it's going, guys. This is the way it's going. As I said before, the courtrooms are not going to go away because there are um, there, 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 the need is there, period. However, there's also another need alongside with the courtroom and that's mediation. And I just love it. Love it that I'm in it. Okay. I certainly enjoy talking to you guys about the quorum. Now uh, quickly, I want to talk, um, about the mediation that is now, um, implemented in the, um, IRS. I spoke about that a little bit in my last program, and I just want to talk about it a little bit again as we are embarking on ooh, the tax season that I know you all just love out there, not. Um, but anyway, um, it's, it's great for us uh, to know that the, um, uh, the IRS is, is now, you know, coming up some. You know, they're not so 1930. Um, a little bit. OK, they still have a long ways to go. But, hey, I'm glad that they have this mediation because, you know, the appeals process, like I've said before, was all that there was. And it was certainly not a win win solution. It was a win win for them. But what about the other guy? You know, us on the other end, that's that's that's, uh, you know, doing our best to try to resolve um, our tax issues with them. You know, we don't want to have to deal with the IRS and then they still make it hard for us, but I think this is a great thing that um, they have now opened the books up as of December uh, 29th that uh, they will have um, mediation, um, particularly when the appeals process um, did not um, do anything to your liking so you can mediate. I just want to make sure that you understand that and pass that on to as many people as you know. Okay, now as I said again, I had a great talk with you guys today. I'm very excited about all of the guests 
and the topics that I'm lining up for this year. And if there are any topics that you would like for me to discuss on my program, please give me a call. Okay. At one eight 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 four six three six seven four eight, or you can email me at Teresa at mediation talk show dot expert. Okay. In closing, I want to say this. All right. That my heart goes out to the victims in France that lost their lives in the recent tragedy. And my heart also goes out to the victims' families. You know, as a mother, I do not feel that the overwhelming number of women who become pregnant carries a child inside her body for months, nurturing herself along the way so this child, this human being, can be healthy and strong and then birth that child into this beautiful world that was made from love, are taught to go out and do great things. However, the problem for what I am seeing now are a growing number of people who are unfortunately beckoning for the wrong things because, in my opinion, they are lost souls. We all have a purpose in life. They just don't know it. Thank God if you are one of those individuals who know your purpose in life and have hope for those that do not have the knowledge of knowing what their purpose is in life and prayer for those who do not care to know what their purpose is in life as they are what I refer to as lost souls. Thank you for listening. I enjoyed talking with you today. And once again, you can contact me through my email, Teresa at radiotalkshow.expert or telephone me at 480-283-7270. I will welcome any dispute that you have that needs settlement. Be kind to yourself and others. This is Teresa E. Keeves. I will talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.